Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Tennis Unfiltered with me, James Gray of the iNewspaper and iNews.co.uk. I've got George Belshaw with me uh, live from London for once. I am live from Scotland as I prepare for one of my best friend's weddings. Uh, We're going to look back at day four at the US Open. Second round finally in the books. Everything is now a little bit more simple. I always think, George, and you'll remember this from the days of, of writing and reporting on Grand Slams, once you get through the first four days, everything gets a little bit easier. The number of matches on Friday is a quarter of the number that there were on Monday, and things are a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's just easier to keep track and remember roughly who's where in what draw. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think sometimes you're kind of expected to have like an all-encompassing, omniscient knowledge of draws, etc. It's like, well, I've got rough ideas of who's in what quarter, but then you've got the kind of nomads who's like the 70 in the world who are like, I don't know where they are. They could, they could be playing anyone next. Yeah, um, exactly. From, from like third or fourth round, you sort of are like, okay, this is who's going to play there, and this is what's happening after that. It all becomes a little bit more straightforward. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I thought we should start. I, well, I, I never like to start on a low note, but it feels like the biggest news, especially for you, George, because I know you were very high on Matteo Berrettini's chances in the tournament this year. Uh, really, sort of tough scenes to watch. Uh, as he, we saw, well, last night, this morning, I'm not going to try and describe time, it's too complicated. Um, <laughs> but he would left court in a wheelchair, having uh, injured his ankle, um, pretty, you know, screaming in pain. And I, I kind of thought as much screaming in pain, but also in frustration, because an ankle roll is just something that can happen to anyone. And, you know, he's been through so many injuries that didn't necessarily happen to anyone. And this one happened to him. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, you are in some ways more vulnerable to injury when you have had other injuries, I would say. You know, if you've mm. not been kind of active playing a lot of matches or, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think people sometimes really underestimate the, the kind of difference between a kind of training session versus like actual match play as well, like that extra kind of five percent that it takes to kind of get out to big shots or think about it and that that's where things like ankles are actually incredibly vulnerable comparatively Mm. like if you've not been kind of going through those 
those motions. He's not played that many matches. Um, I think he's played pretty well this year, considering how few matches he's been able to play. Um, yeah. And I, that's kind of why I was thinking this section of the draw could open up and he could be the man to kind of slide through it. And in many ways, I was right. The section has opened up. Mm, <laughs> but wrong. her catch both out, yeah. Um, but unfortunately for Berrettini, um, it's not happened for him here. And yeah, it's a shame because I think, you know, we've spoken a bit about who our ideal top 10 is. And I think Berrettini is in my ideal top 10 at the minute. I think he's a very, very good player who plays in a very interesting dynamic style that does make for good matches compared to some other players at the top of the game. Um, and I think because he's got big weapons and quite an aggressive serve and forehand style against someone like Medvedev, for example, or Djokovic, that is an interesting matchup to see who can kind of get the better of mm. attack versus defence. Um, so I think he's a good person to kind of have that high and it. It's just a shame to see his body failing him at the moment. And let's not beat around the bush, George. It does help that he's a brilliant-looking bloke and oh. the clothes look good on him. And like, hey, I, I know abs. <laughs> and also those abs. I mean, not to kind of thirst over him too much. And But it, it is something that you kind of have to consider when you're talking about like breaking through and talking to people outside of tennis about tennis. You know, Lots of my friends know who Matteo Berrettini is because... Oh yeah, he's the one with the eyes and the hair, and you know, <laughs> like it, it does help. You know, I, 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 it's worse in the women's game, and I think it's more problematic in the women's game because it, it's more likely that people in the women's game just see them as clothes horses and as models, whereas I think in the men's game, the world tends to see them as sportsmen and models. But it's something that you still kind of have to consider, I'm afraid. Um, as you mentioned, George, that section of the draw has opened up. Uh, Karen Hatchinoff went out in the first round. Uh, Hubert Hercatch lost to Jack Draper, which on paper, a very good win for Jack Draper to win 2, 4 and 5. But um, it seems that this stomach bug that's been going around, which some people think may be COVID, um, no matter what it is, Hubert Hercatch looked pretty drained by it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, I thought he, he battled on pretty well, <laughs> all things <laughs> considered. Uh, he, was, yeah. he was really kind of struggling for breath in that third set. Um but look, that's not to take anything away from Jack. I think I probably would have been less high on picking her cats if I thought Draper was coming into this tournament fit and firing because he's a major, major threat mm. in a similar way to Berrettini is. He's got huge weapons, um, particularly that big kind of lefty serve out wide and very heavy shots. Um, and I think I would say for Draper as well, he's got a very good mentality and the only thing that's stopped him making that jump towards the top 20 has been his body mm. um and you know that that is an ongoing concern and I, I you know we're coming to a point there's new territory for him now you know he should probably reach the fourth round now it's a yeah, glorious yeah. third round michael draw. moe yeah michael for sure who is a um, nice guy and a really good player but yeah draper would dream uh, of that kind of draw uh, just to and, mention george sorry to interrupt you but it, it should be noted that draper talked yesterday or after his match to say about the fact that the injury he suffered in Winston-Salem uh, during his match against Talon Grexport is in fact a small tear in his shoulder. Mm. They've scanned it. They say it's manageable. But given that's also the injury that ruled him out the whole grass season, it, ugh, it does fill me with dread, to be honest. Yeah. And, it, and it's such a shame because, you know, Michael Moe, third round, an out-of-form Rublev, round four, 
that, that's a great chance to reach the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam. And... Well, and then he's playing like Medvedev or Dumanor, and it's like, there's nothing to say he can't win that. Yeah. I don't want to get overly carried away, but, you know, but the, but the we, fitness thing but really... But we both know the me. equally likely outcome is he's going to damage this shoulder further and mm. withdraw against Michael Moe in the second yeah. set, and that's the sad reality at the minute for Draper. Um, yeah, yeah. I hope well, that doesn't happen. He says he's serving within himself. He says he, he can still do one two five. But he can't yeah, do the. Not bad. I can't do that. <laughs> he can't do the one three two on three five that he has done in the past. Um, but yeah, really fascinating section of the draw that now section four. Um, I also want to talk about Andy Murray, George, which lots of yeah. people will be talking about. We were quite high on him against Grigor Dimitrov. In his words, he didn't play well. He didn't serve well. He didn't return well. It's pretty hard to win matches if you do that. Yeah. I mean, I'd said before the match, didn't I, that if he plays as he did against Sissipas, he, he can win that match. And mm. The sad reality is he didn't didn't come anywhere near that, um, both in quality, intensity, and kind of tactical tweaks. Um, I, I thought the first set was quite interesting. Um, it was very long. Like <laughs> I think, you know, sometimes you look at the scoreline and you think, oh. God, that that he's really rolled him there. But mm. if you watch that first set, it was it was tight, it was close, it was long, it was you know I can't remember the exact time, but it took them about forty five minutes to go through five games or something. Mm. You know, that that is symptomatic of a, a pretty close match between two well well matched opponents. Um, unfortunately for Murray, from that point onwards, it it, it, it kind of went away from him, um, mm. and. Yeah, I, there's always two ways you can look at it, isn't there? You can be positive about Dimitrov having a bit of a better day, but actually I'm quite negative about Murray, and I think he, he was a bit downbeat, and I understand why. I think he feels he should win this match, and that's, you know, he should have beaten Sissipas, and he's not winning mm. these matches, and, and that's, that's worrying for me now, because time's not on his side. No, I, I think um, what he said afterwards is pretty interesting, because he said, you know, I... I um, I'm, I want to get better. I still enjoy the work. I enjoy everything that goes with being a pro. That's what keeps me going, you know, trying to improve. He says, if things change and I stop enjoying that or my results, my ranking and everything start to go backwards in that respect, and in a few months' time I was ranked 60 in the world or whatever instead of moving up, things might change. I mean, I've always said, and I have said it for a few weeks and months now, I think this is his last US Open. I, I can't see, I can't see <clears throat> his ranking going forward. I can't see him making the second week of a slam. And even he sort of hinted at that yesterday, saying, you know, I don't know whether second weeks of slams are for me or something to words to that effect. And I just, I think he'll play Wimbledon, he'll play the Olympics, and then that'll be it. And I'm fairly confident of that now, especially having seen both the result last night and the way he reacted to it. Yeah, I mean... I, I always do uh, approach a Murray conference with some caution after a loss like this because <laughs> he can make quite grand sweeping statements. But there has been an element of defiance, hasn't there, um, in previous mm. big losses? A bit of a, I, I still can do this. And at times he's sort of talked me into it <laughs> as well, even though I've, I've probably been the firmest doubter of him, I think, I would say on our podcast of saying, I just don't think he can actually ever go that far or maybe Calvin try and claim that as well but he dabs everyone so that doesn't count but um, <laughs> you know it, I, 
there were signs he was playing really good stuff on the grass again. Um, even okay against kind of quite weak opposition in the tournament he won coming into Wimbledon, um, he, he still looked quite quite fleet of footed, quite fresh. And you know, I do. I just I, I think that loss against Sissipas was a disaster in mm. this stage of Andy Murray's career. That that was a great draw for him. He was playing good stuff. It was a very winnable match. Wow. You know. In a different universe, if Wimbledon start that day an hour earlier as they bloody should have been doing, mm. he finishes that off and he wins it. You know, I know that's an easy thing to sit here and say three months after the fact, but no, he would such say the small same. margins. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. small. And it is small margins. I, you know, this it's isn't a, thing. a great defeat on paper, but it's only two months ago he's lost to the world number five to seven in a match he, he could have won so he, his level's not far off it but is that good enough for someone like Murray I don't know I, I think he's probably sick of this by now to be honest hmm. um, one man who's not sick of it and still clearly loves the game is Stan Wawrinka who is the oldest man in the third round of the US Open since Jimmy Connors who was 39 <laughs> when he made it back in 1991 um, I mean I think probably if you told me 15 years ago or even 10 years ago that Stan Wawrinka would still be playing top-level tennis <laughs> at the age of 38, given his um, social <clears throat> life and stature, I would have been pretty surprised. But it's kind of... I do wonder whether like, he has an advantage in that like, he's never been in the best shape. He's always been quite fit, but you know, he's had that kind of you know, a bit of chunk about him. And I do wonder whether you know, that means that when he's got a bit older and it's harder to stay thin... Or you know, we, we both know that George metabolism slows down once you hit thirty. Um, I do wonder whether actually he's like, okay, well, this is the shape I am, and I'm just going to work bloody hard. And he's still got that phenomenal ball striking. And I, what it really makes me think is, imagine if Stan Wawrinka had been ten years younger, no, ten years older, and had been like in his peak just around the end of Sampras and beginning of Federer. I'm sure he'd have won like ten slams. <laughs> I, I love that, uh, that, that that thought puzzle. I mean, I think you're kind of right there. It's I think the easier thing for Stan in some ways is he's never really viewed himself as the top guy in the game. Like I know he's mm. won three slams, but yeah, he was always number five really in terms of people's interest and in even some of his slam wins. He, he wasn't playing like that well on the tour um, necessarily. He just can get shit hot. Hmm. His ball striking is so good they can do it. And I think there's a degree to that that actually helps playing quite late on. Um in the sense of, you know, you are you do just enjoy it. You hmm. do you don't take it as seriously as maybe like a a Rafa or a Roger. I mean they're all going pretty late anyway, so it's probably a, a bit of an unfair thing to say that it's harder for them to carry on. But I think it's harder for someone like Murray than it is for Varavinka to be dueling around and I'm fairly sure Vavrinka loses to Sinner next round I mean that would be a bad loss for Sinner if he doesn't win that but I think that will be fine for Vavrinka you know it's been another good week he's had another good bit of fun in New York I'm sure um, he's <laughs> probably not yet once I mean <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think he just likes the lifestyle doesn't he and who, yeah. who can blame him to be honest I mean like if we were yeah, in his position, we we probably still be willing to kick around for a couple more years until it's actually impossible to do it. I reckon, especially if you're not having to work that. Hard. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm being a bit unfair. Like I I know he does work hard, um, 
and you know work hard play hard i think we would all live that lifestyle as you say george if we uh if we possibly could um let's move on i mean i should also note that um in the british sense uh, cam norrie is through to the third round as is dan evans um norrie beat uh, the qualifier shoe uh, in straight sets dan evans came from a set down lost first set six one and then won it one three and three against Botig van der zandschild which i think wasn't super well himself in fairness but um, yeah, Evans up against Alcaraz. I mean, in a word, Calvin, can, uh, in a word, George, uh, I'll compliment you there. Uh, can Dan Evans beat Alcaraz? It's probably no. What I would say, though, what I would say is that I do think Evans poses a slightly different challenge to what Alcaraz may be used to playing mm. and might just give him something to think about. I think Alcaraz wins in straight sets, but I wouldn't be surprised if Evans made it a little bit tricky at times. I think the problem is going to be backhand slice against inside out or inside in forehand. And Alcaraz is just going to be like backing into the backhand corner and then just picking which corner to pin ever into. I think that's going to be the problem. We we should really have, as we spoke at the start of the tournament, with the Alcaraz versus two Brits in a row, because it's hard to see Norrie losing to... Arnaldi, yeah, um, who's had a remarkably kind draw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, what he's had, he had a walkover against Kubler, and then five sets against Arthur Fees, who had just played five sets himself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's gone pretty well that I think. Um, but you know, people, I have heard people talk about Matteo Arnaldi, like in very favourable terms, and he won around at the French, and I think he came through qualifying at the at Wimbledon, maybe so. You know, I, I know uh, Damien Kust, who's our, the, the best guy on Twitter to follow if you want to know about Challenger Tennis. Yeah. I know he's very keen on him, and I think he's won three Challenger titles this year on Aldi. All on, two on clay, one on hard. So, um, yeah, I don't Not know. Not to be sniffed at then. No, that's, no, no sniffing. Good, good, good coffee if Norrie loses to emerging Italian stallion. Good coffee? What's good coffee? Copy, copy. Oh, copy, sorry. I was like, is this like some new phrase? Like, oh, yeah, that's that's bang on. That's good coffee. Yeah, right on. Really weird. Um, okay, let's. Uh, I should also mention another Brit, which is our beautiful segue into the women. Katie oh. Balter uh, came from a set down to beat Wong Yafan, uh, which is a great result and really good for her, great for her ranking, great points. Um, What's she up to now? Uh, I'm really hoping you wouldn't ask me that question, George, because I haven't got the live rankings open. It's a very winnable third round as well. I mean, uh, yeah, she's up to 50 in the world in the live rankings, which is pretty remarkable, really. It's not someone we probably ever thought was going to be a top 50 player. You say it's very winnable, George. She's playing Peyton Stearns, who is the NCAA champion, and I think is not to be underestimated. Um, she had a good run to the third round of the French as well. So, you know, she can play. Uh, and I know people in American college tennis who really do rate her. So I think I would just be a little bit hesitant to uh, write her off immediately. Yeah, win- winnable is always, in my mind, not playing someone like Rivakina, Savalenka, Sviontek, or right. a, a very established top end. But Fair enough. Not to, not to disrespect. Yeah. Uh, they did Stans. play earlier on the year, actually, in a, I think an ITF event, and it was three tie breaks. So it, they're clearly well matched. Just depends who's, who's made more progress. Um, and also, can I just say as well, whoever wins that match, I think, has got potentially a very winnable fourth round against... Either Alexandra or Alexandra. I think that's winnable as well. Mm, so I think there's a good 
grilled opportunity in this section. I think Vondrasova is going under the radar, mate. I think she's going to do two in a row. Do it. Two in a first. row. Well, it's not impossible. Not impossible. Um, uh, we're not really any closer to knowing who's going to win the women's draw, are we? Like, Shontek Cruz through, um, which I guess maybe allays any fears you might have had about her, you know, mental and physical well-being. Uh, Sabalenka's cruised through, and Rybakina has only played one match because she got a walkover against Tomjanovic. So I, I don't really want to talk about who's going to win the women's draw very much because I don't feel that we know any more than we did four days ago, unless you disagree, George. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't really disagree. I think Sabalenka's first two matches, we could have just written those scores out, and that's what we'd have guessed, really. Yeah. Um, Sibylla Sviontek. In fact, Savil probably got about four more games than I expected she would get. <laughs> she got seven, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Tom Lanovich would have been the one that would have nah. been the most interesting match on paper. Because she's such um, a good returner of serve as well. Yeah. So... But the next round is quite good. I mean, Kaya Yuvan kind of back, playing some good stuff. Um, she's good mates with Shontek as well. Yeah, so it could be interesting. Castella, you know, is wildly experienced. I'd still Cla- expect. Classic, tricky third classic. round, Serana Castella. Yeah. Um, the Kaya Kanepi of the third round. Sabalenka will thrash Burrell, I suspect. But... Okay. I'm looking forward to an upset there now already. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the only other thing, well, I want to mention Sophia Kennan, who is out and was mostly held together by tape, um, I think on her shoulder and her thigh. It's, you know, and I just wanted to mention it, George, because you said you thought she was back um, and I wanted to humiliate you a little bit. So, um, but <laughs> well, I don't actually... Winning matches, which I suppose is better yeah. than she was. I don't take any pleasure in that, though, because it's a shame. She's obviously just got a body that is really struggling. Um, the very final thing I want to talk about, George, because it's something we talked about earlier in the year at the French and at Wimbledon, is Alina Svitolina, who, I mean, for someone who I wasn't always, and I heard Catherine Whitaker say this this morning on the tennis podcast, and I did agree with her. She said, oh, she was someone who I never really thought about as being like a box office player. And she's turned into this box office player. Like, her matches are always exciting. Um, anyway, there's also often controversy. She came from a set down to beat... Anastasia Pavlichenkova, another person who I believe has come back from having a child. I think that's right. Um, and there was no handshake at the end. Pavlichenkova is Russian, Svitolina is Ukrainian. She said that's what she's going to do. And there was no booing. And crucially, it's because, well, the WTA put a statement a few weeks ago saying, look, this is what Ukrainian players are going to do. Please respect it. And then when Svitolina was serving for the match, they put a message on the screen saying, Please respect the decision of both players not to shake hands, you know, because of the, the political dispute. Or I can't remember the exact words they used, but, you know, they said, shut it, you lot. And in fairness, <laughs> they did. And it's just like, okay, uh, we should say well done to the US Open organisers, but we should also say, how did no one work out this was the thing they should have done, like, months ago? Like, mm. months. Like, it happened at the French, and I'm not expecting Roland Garros to intervene because they, they're bloody useless. But you'd think the All England would look at that and go, would be embarrassing if, if that happened here. Should we try and nip it in the bud early? And of course they didn't. And, you know, so credit to USTA, I think, George. Yeah, it's something that's kind of been rolled out on the tour a bit since that Azarenka incident, hasn't it? So, mm. it, yeah, it's obviously a good move. I mean, I, I, I'm fairly sure the All England club weren't viewing it like this, but. In terms of a story, that was definitely one of the more memorable ones. So maybe there was something to <laughs> kind of leaving it in there for a bit of the intrigue, if you like. Yeah, agreed. Um, 
that's all I've got on my list, George. But I wanted you to sort of pick out maybe one match in each draw that you're really looking forward to. I've got a couple that I think are going to be really interesting. Um, do you, I, do you, I'll go first. I've, I've got my woman's one. Really. I know what you're going to say. I think. Are Is you going to say Buzkova Jabur? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I'm going to do two wild cards. The bounce back was Nyaki versus Brady. I, uh, okay. I think Brady's not fun. technically a wild card, by the way, I think. I think she's protected ranking. Oh, protected ranking. I'll yeah. take it all back. Shove it. Yes, you're right. Protected ranking. But yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> I think that's quite a good match. Okay. Well, I think Jabur Buzkova could be fun. Um, yeah. That wasn't awesome. going to be the one I was going to pick. That was just my prediction for you because you always pick Buzkova and everything. Um, <laughs> but mine is Mukova Taylor Townsend, both of whom are yeah. in the Can't Get Your Worse uh, selection. And yeah, I love watching Mukova anyway. She's a great person. Taylor Townsend is a brilliant person. Anyone who saw her give Leila Fernandez a pep talk uh, after losing the uh, French Open doubles final and who heard what she said, it's, she's an amazing person, Taylor Townsend. I really do think that. Um, and what about the men's, George? You've got a men's third round match you're really looking forward to? Yeah, I've got, I've got a little short list. Um, I think from, from pure tennis terms, I'm quite interested to see where Zverev's at against Dimitrov. I think that'll be... A, Interesting if he can start making a case for himself heading into that match with Sinner. And I kind of think that match could be good news for Alcaraz. I think Zverev is capable of beating Sinner. Right. Um, which might prove quite consequential going forward. You're assuming that Vavrinka is not going to beat Sinner in the third round. I am, I am very much assuming that. Okay. And I would love to be wrong in some <laughs> ways. Although in other ways, I think we would quite like Alcaraz Sinner from a... Yeah, from a storytelling point of view, I think so, yeah. yeah. I think Yari Dimonor could be okay. Yeah, I looked at that and thought two quite different styles, contrasting styles. It would be quite interesting. And I think the, the other two, I'd kind of say the, the two American blokes we both are quite hot on in sections five and six are both coming into their first quite interesting challenges. So Manorino will try and kind of almost bore TFO into submission in quite tricky ways. Um, and that's just a good test for TFO's co- concentration as much as anything. But I think that's a first bit of a test here he's playing really good stuff thrashed oftener who we thought might be a test as well mm. um but probably my pick in terms of entertainment and fun is the other one which is tommy paul v davidovich for oh, yeah that will be a really good matchup um i think davidovich you've missed it george is mental i think oh, you've you think missed shelton karatsev shelton karatsev come on i mean that is just the obvious one maybe i mean honestly just going through the draw it's a hell of a good third round like, there yep. almost no match without... Okay, I don't have a lot to say about Stricker, Bonzi. The, I, th- I think the final two sections probably left the side down a little bit, but... Yeah, maybe. Still some intrigue. Well, Jakub Menchik, happy birthday, Jakub Menchik. Happy because birthday. it is his 18th birthday today, and he's going to celebrate Oof. by playing Taylor Fritz. He took um, the drug out. Sad times. Yeah, he did take the drug out. It's, it's, it's sad indeed. I'm just, I think he's playing Taylor Fritz on Arthur Ashe on his 18th birthday. Which there's That's also cool. some fabulous kind of symmetry there because Taylor Fritz also came on to tour at a very young age, turned 18 on tour. Um, so, yeah, really interesting. And Taylor Fritz is basically one of the favourites. Well, he's a hot favourite to make the quarterfinals and then he's got to play Djokovic. So, might be quite happy to get a little bit of a test. Are you telling me you think Djokovic is going to struggle to beat one of Laszlo Jair, Yuri Vesely or Boyagoya? Actually, Vesely is one to keep your eye on because he's got I swear he's one of the only players on tour who actually holds a winning head-to-head record against Novak yeah but 
<laughs> he also doesn't look like a tennis it's, player. So <laughs> it's like the weirdest matchup. Novak just seems to always uh, slip up. So. Yeah, we'll see. The curse right. of Vesely goes on. Potentially, <laughs> uh, I'm battering you in fantasy tennis now, George. I've yeah, taken a I huge. Lead. My team got absolutely decimated. Bloody Isner, <sighs> two sets up and friggin' threw it away. Yeah, uh, interesting. Just a little tidbit from that, by the way. Michael Moe said he was really struggling to pick John Isner's serve. And uh, Ben Shelton was watching and gave him a few tips, <laughs> which is a classic Sorry. example of you can coach from wherever you want as long as you're not sat in the coaching box. <laughs> That's disgraceful. Exactly. So yeah. it's, it's, it's Ben Shelton I have to blame. For my there you go. Ben Shelton, not only the best player coming through, also the best coach coming through, it turns out. Yeah. Um, there you go. You heard it here first. Right, so we've got time for on Tennis Unfiltered. You sent loads of emails and I'm grateful for them. And we will get to them maybe uh, in the next next daily episode. Um, but come back and find out. That's all I can tell you to do. Come back next week or even tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.